Hello and welcome to another episode of Hour of Healing. Again, I am your weekly host, Joe Debra. And our guest today is a special friend of mine, and he's in the person of Reverend Ebenezer Aduku. Our topic for discussion today is healing through humility. Friends, Reverend Ebenezer Aduku is currently um, an ordained Methodist minister who is stationed in Freeport in New York. So he is at Freeport United Methodist Church. He is also currently helping the Ghana Resurrection Methodist Church in Chicago, which is a newly formed branch of the Methodist Church Ghana United States Diocese. But friends, personally, I know Reverend Aduku way back in 2004-2005 when he was my very first choir director. Uh, he, uh, through his humility, was able to bring some of us along who we had never sung a note in our life and begin to work in us the gift of healing. And yes, believe it or not, I can sing today. So it's going to be a pleasure for us to be able to have a discussion with him today. Friends, he knows what he is talking about when it comes to humility. I've met a few people in his capacity with their influence and their power, but yet they are able to humble themselves to associate with people and to get along with people just like you and I. People who have no business being in their circles. He humbles himself. And so he knows what he's talking about when we talk about humility today. And I think it will be a blessing for us. So let's dive right in. So healing through humility. You know, friends, humility has been defined, um, according to the Webster Dictionary, as being free from pride or arrogance or being in a state of humbleness. It's interesting that both the word humility and humble both have the uh, um, origin in the Latin word that says humilis. Humilis basically means being low. And so healing through humility, in a sense, is basically our way of talking about healing through being low. But you know, of all the definitions of humility that we will be able to find, my personal favorite definition of humility is actually in a psychology book that I read a few years ago. And it actually describes humility as the attitude of being modest or the attitude of modesty that comes from the understanding of our place in the larger order of things. Yes, once you see humility or um, you see yourself in relation to everything else around you, I think it's able to help put you in a state of humility that makes our conversation or that will make our conversation today something that um, is not too hard for you to grasp. So without wasting much time, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's bring in our guest, Reverend Ebenezer Aduku, as we dive right into this topic. Reverend Aduku, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You are very, you are very welcome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So for let's dive me. right in. <laughs> um, healing through humility. So in your opinion, how would you assess humility? And then we will be able to kind of bring it um, overall into our discussion today. Well, first of all, let me look at healing first. And then Wonderful. I'll probably also see how humility blends into it. 
um, I do believe that healing in itself is enjoying the peace of Christ, mm. uh, enjoying that place where you know everything is all right and there's nothing anywhere in the world that will make you be at peace and feel all right if you do not have Jesus in your heart. So mm. it, that's where it starts. It's when you surrender to Jesus, you submit to Jesus, and then everything is seems to be in a place where no matter what you are going through in life, pain, suffering, whatever it is, you can enjoy that place of peace. So then what is humility? Uh, it seems that the two uh, have a, a connection. You know, um, in actual fact, I was trying, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I was trying to use, understand uh, the world lowliness or humility that it tries to define. And the Greek word it uses is tapinophrosime. Tapinophrosime. Uh, among all the definitions it, it, it gives, there's one line that impresses me. That is, it involves a confession of sin. And then realizing that we are unworthy of God's grace, right? And because we are unworthy of God's grace, it brings us to that point where we see everything with humbleness. We realize that what God has done in our lives, okay, makes us come to a place that, listen, we need to be have a low uh, mindset. We have to be gentle. We have to be uh, able to understand that everyone else is better than us. And once we can see everyone else is better than us, then it is easy always to relate with everyone everywhere. And then you begin to see that you have that deep peace that people do not have. In my wow. judgment, wow. that's how I will explain the, the, the peace uh, 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 coming through humility. Wow. Wow. Well, that's a lot to unpack there, uh, Reverend Aduku. And so we're going to do our best to uh, be able to unpack this as we go through our conversation today. But you said a few things there that I think is uh, very um, interesting or very um, profound. And one of them was the um, the definition of um, humility through the Greek word that you gave and how, in my opinion, it actually ties in into salvation. Because uh, one of the first things you said was that um, peace comes through, uh, healing comes through um, salvation because it's only salvation that gives us the peace that brings healing. Um, now, when you actually look at um, the, the, the definition of humility, um, being able to subject yourself or get to a place of loneliness 
um, is where you actually realize that everything that you need in your quest for true healing in life really is something that is outside of you. It's something that comes from the divine. And so um, being able to humble yourself, being able to be low in the scheme of God's grace, I think actually plays in right here. And then you did mention the uh, fact um, at the very end about seeing everybody else as better than you. Yeah. Now, I think it's very easy for you to be able to have that mindset or have that perspective of life once you have Christ in your life, once you have already assumed that position of absolute surrender. Um, because once you have done that, then this, I believe, becomes easy. But what about the person who hasn't yet surrendered their life to Christ? Because if you tell them that, you have to see everybody as better than you, then they will say that's a state of low self-esteem and that can lead to depression. And so how do we help the person who has not already taken that first step of absolute surrender to Christ? How do we help them to get to the place where seeing everybody else as better than you doesn't become a state of low self-esteem and eventually a state of being depressed because I don't feel like I'm worth anything. All right. The truth is this. There are certain medication that you need to take to be well if you have maybe diabetes or other things, all right? Mm. I do believe that every human being is a spiritual being. Life is spiritual, all mm. right? And if you don't treat life from a spiritual perspective, you will never understand it. Mm. And why do I say that? I say that because God's prescription for peace, joy, healing is through Jesus Christ. Mm. And so if somebody doesn't pass through his heart to, 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 to help the person, one truth is this, that the story about the good news of Jesus Christ dying for us doesn't make sense. It really, it doesn't. How could somebody who died 2,000 years ago, I am perceived to be, have been baptized into his death when I wasn't born. All mm. right. Mm. And because of that, Paul tells us that uh, the message of the cross is always will be foolishness to foolishness. those who are not saved. Mm -hmm. And because it doesn't make sense to accept some, what the uh, social media put it, it, put it this way, that how could God kill, instead of killing Satan, he killed his son to save the world from sin. It doesn't make sense. So they make a whole lot of joke out of it. But the truth is that life starts with submission, believing that Christ died mm. for you. That one, if anybody will not understand it from that, it is hard because the wisdom of the world is that, hey, at the end of the day, uh, you are no, uh, you are better than everybody else. You don't break right. yourself down to be so lowly. That's the wisdom of the world. And if you choose the wisdom of the world, 
there's very little I can do to help you. But if you <laughs> want to choose God's way, then the direction is that accept Christ, submit yourself, surrender to Jesus. That is where the good is are. That is where the healing is. That's where the peace is. And so if you choose to think that you want to have a better way, then go that way. But if you genuinely want to have that healing, that peace that comes from God, that is God's path. I'm telling you that if you take it, you begin to see that life is now a different world game altogether. Mm. Humility doesn't mean you are uh, uh, you are hope, hopeless and worthless. No, mm. it actually means that wow, who am I that Jesus, the Son of God, the one who created the entire universe, to come to my place and die for me? Mm. That is why the hymn writer says that if I when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my riches gain. I count them useless. All right? Until you come to that place, oh, you want to walk around with your shoulders up that, hey, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. Pride. Pride will kill you. But once you come down, it's easy. It's easy to understand that, no, it's not that it means you are worthless and useless. Actually, you are the highest of all being. But in your heart, you want to recognize, acknowledge everyone. Everyone that they are created in God's image. And that Christ came out to save. And that's why you are pleased. You see everyone as your brother. As your sister, even if the person is younger than you, you don't mind giving him your seat or her seat, her your seat. No matter what, you are able to calm down. It's not that you are down. It means that in your heart, you receive, appreciate, and love everyone. Mm, 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 wow. So if I'm understanding, then ultimate peace really comes through humility and in this case humility um, is subjecting yourself under the rule and the authority and the lordship of jesus christ um, you did say something else which i think is very interesting but uh, this is hour of healing and so for even the people who do not um, want to go the way of christ we're going to find a way to bring you some healing today um yes. Uh, but uh, talking about healing through humility, um, from uh, what Reverend is saying, dear listener, one of the things that I am understanding is the place or the value of self-awareness and self-reflection that comes through humility. Um, because uh, from what Reverend is saying, one of my understanding is that if you don't get to that place of humbleness, if you don't get to that place of lowliness, then you really don't see your actual value. You don't see your actual worth. And so when, uh, in the example that he gave, when you get up to offer your seat to someone else, the world will see it as you are being trodden upon. 
But in the meanwhile, if you actually have that self-awareness and self-reflection of your own value through humility, then you are still at peace doing that because you know that that actually makes you higher rather mm-hmm. than being low. And so I think that is really, really impactful that um, uh, Reverend uh, said that. And I wanted to make sure I um, chime in on that. Um, so we're going to talk about a bit more of the strengths of humility because that certainly happens to be uh, a strength of humility that you uh, that self-awareness um, makes you higher than what the world um, implies or what the world sees of you. And then the other thing Reverend talked about is the, um, the, the uh, pride and arrogance. I believe in the book of Proverbs, it talks about um, pride goes before distraction, that whenever there is pride, whenever there is arrogance, then distraction comes in. And so uh, let's look at our world today. Many people rise to power. Many people rise to a place of um, higher esteem. But we realize that when pride sets in, and I have seen this with a lot of preachers, um, and yeah, they are the people that I follow a lot. And so I will see it obviously more in them. But even in corporate America and all over the world, when people get to a place of power, a place of higher esteem in our societal standards and pride sets in, we soon realize that they become kind of intolerable to us. They become appalling. We, we, we don't want to be around them anymore. And so I certainly think what Reverend said is true when we apply it in our own life. Um, but Reverend, uh, let me ask you this. What are some practical barriers um, to humility in the life of the believer and the non-believer? What are some practical barriers um, that we will face? All right. Okay. One thing I want to make clear is that uh, James, it's uh, James. The book of James will tell you that humble yourself before the Lord; He will lift you up. Or Luke will tell you that everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. That was for everyone. Having said that, I also want to make clear that. Life is all about choices. Yes. Yeah, it's about choices. Every It's like going to the supermarket and having seen different brands. Which brand do you like? You pick. <laughs> and there's always will be consequences for your choices. We have to mm. be clear. I am a preacher of the gospel and uphold whatever scripture has said that it's a perfect place to be if you want to enjoy this peace. Mm. All right. It's always difficult um, to see exactly how to help people who don't share the same philosophies, the same uh, viewpoint or the same um, um, uh, 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 faith with you. It's very difficult. Mm. However, what I see is that, and of course, even if you come to uh, those who profess to accept Christ, sometimes they have the same problem. You know, let me tell you something. 
Some Christians rise and fall. Some churches rise and fall. Ask me what brings them down. Of course, uh, three major things always bring them down. Either it's women, either it's money. But the one that everybody will feel that, oh no, I'm okay. I, I, no woman can bring me down. No money can bring me down. The one that is subtle power that brings many people down is pride. Mm. Okay. And so you are going to see this in both sides. Okay. Christians themselves become victims of pride because they don't humble themselves. They think that they are better than everybody else. You are not better than anybody else. Yeah. And so that is there. That is the problem. Uh, but with those people who are not, uh, who may be jagoers or who seriously have not surrendered them, themselves to Christ, I do believe that the biggest area is choosing to, uh, to, uh, to be for Christ. I, I think so, because until that happens, they see the world differently. Mm. They feel that they are more important. They feel that they want to be wealthy before uh, they can, um, you know, change the world. They are looking for wealth. They are looking for everything that is in the world. And in so doing, push on direction that takes them away from God. And the more you draw, drift from God, the more pride will come in. Because pride is always an agent of the devil. Remember that the devil tested Jesus, uh, tricked Jesus that way. So if he didn't spare Jesus, he won't spare nobody. If you rise up, the devil will come in with pride to bring you down. Okay, wow. so I, I would say that the main obstacles to uh, uh, with the un unbelievers or people who actually seriously have not surrendered their life to Christ, they may be churchgoers, is the idea of thinking that um, they want to have all the money, all the world goods and things. So it's bring them to a point because... They want this because they want to be recognized in society as important, right? Mm. Mm. And so generally, vice is good because once we live in this world, we need the world's goods, we need the dollars, we need the money, mm. but it pushes mm. them more and more from God, and that's the barrier, okay? Because eventually, what they will do is that they can gain the whole world and everything, but then it helps them to be proud and they, they don't even mm. see God anymore. And wow. uh, the people who are supposed to be uh, no better, who call on Christ every day, the moment that God uses them for any great thing, the mm. next thing is that, oh, look at me, look at me. I'm yeah. the one who did this, I'm the one who did that, etc. and etc. They want attention instead of passing the attention to Jesus Christ. Because yes. God shares his glory with no one. And those who are supposed to know better, they sometimes miss the mark. And pride kills them and destroys them. So both, both sides, they are problems. 
I always believe that the one who, after surrendering to Christ, will be guided by God's mind, which is the Holy Scriptures, and uh, uh, become intimate with God. How do you become intimate? It's when you are praying constantly, based upon what you read from the, uh, the Scriptures, the promises, the warnings that are in, in the Scriptures, you put into motion, you put into practice, and your intent is to honor God in your life, to please God in your life. That mm. brings you more closer to the to God, to that peace, and to that healing. Other than that, hey, I'm telling you, you have a barrier. <laughs> Sooner or later, <laughs> the devil come in and push you far away from God, and you are better, you are worse than unbeliever. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Um, that was a lot um, uh, put into that one answer. Um, you actually did cover our next question, which was going to be how we continue to walk in humility by talking about studying the word of God, praying with the mindset of living for God. And um, I, I, I think you said a lot of things there, uh, but uh, a few of them that, uh, do stand out really to me because they are questions that we encounter over and over again. And so if I understand what you are saying, um, it's not that you having money or you being worthy is a problem. The problem is if you have the goose of this world without God in it, then pride sets in and pride leads you away. And so I think that is very uh, important and worth echoing. You know, as you were talking, uh, my, my mind uh, was set on something that just happened recently, personally, at my church. And um, I obviously, I do value my pastors and every pastor I've worked with. And I have not sought the permission of my pastor, so I'm not sure if I can mention his name in this um, regard. Um, but we were in church and um, a few people had traveled from out of the area to come in for prayers um, because we've been seeing a tremendous amount of healing. Um, God has poured such a, a huge corporate anointing upon our church and we've seen healings week in and week out. Now, as um, Pastor John called these people to come to the front for them to be prayed for, uh, he said something very subtle, and for me, that was a really big deal. Um, the people were uh, walking towards him, and he said, oh, just stand right in front of the altar, and we will have people from the congregation come and pray with you. And he went on and said this, because your chances of being healed by being prayed for by the attendant in the parking lot is the same as your chances of me, uh, you being healed by me praying for you. And I thought that was so profound. As a matter of fact, in that very moment, my spirit just jumped up and leaped and said, these people are already healed, regardless of what they came in with. Because it's very seldom that the pastor of a church will tell someone, after seeing all these miracles and all these moves of God, will tell someone that your chances of the miracle happening by me, the pastor praying for you, is the same as the person you met in the parking lot praying for you. In other words, he completely took himself out of the whole equation of the healing and placed every onus of it on God. 
And I thought that was so profound, that was so powerful, that I'm not sure if a lot of people um, got it, um, but it really plays into what you just said, that we have so many um, preachers, we have so many Christians, that they see the Lord do something great with their life. They see the sick midward. They see the cripple rise up. And then people come along them, or people come to them, gather to them, but they start being proud because they start thinking that it is the power that did it rather than realizing that all these people that are coming close to you, they are really not coming because of you. They come in because of the grace of God upon your Amen. life. And I think we are missing that so much in the church that people tend to uh, think of themselves as bigger than they are, if that's the right way to put it. Um, and so I'm so thankful that you being a preacher, uh, you've been pastoring for uh, many, many years. And so uh, hearing it from your perspective, I am so um, grateful that you brought that out. And then also you said something that ties in into a point that I wanted to make, which is about um, the, the balance between self-love and self-care when we talk about humility. Because really, uh, when you talk about humility, it's the ultimate place of surrender. But you cannot get to that place if you do not have self-love. Because if you want to be great, then, like you said, in the wisdom of the world, it's nonsense for you to say you have to humble yourself. But if you see life as a spirit-led thing, then you are able to get to the place where Reverend was talking about, that you are able to get to the place where you see that the only way to the top is by going down, rather than the only way being go, uh, pushing yourself and stamping on people and stepping on other people's neck. Friends, I know that we are running out of time, but this is such a, a, a powerful topic that I think I'm, I'm going to ask at least one more question of Reverend here um, before we, we go into our wrap-up uh, moment. And so, Reverend, um, uh, let me ask you this, because you've talked about the strengths of humility, you've talked about the barriers of humility, you've talked about the, the, some of the ways to maintain hum humility. Now, my last question for you is this. In practical terms, how does the non-believer stay humble? Well, um, let me start from the believer's side. <laughs> let me tell you something. I have worked or I move with pastors all the time. You see how they walk and raise their shoulders, how they do what they do. You can feel that this guy wants everybody to see him more than mm -hmm. uh, 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 seeing God. And listen, it doesn't intimidate me at all. Why? I know what I got. I got mm -hmm. Jesus. I'm not, not what you label put me off inside. I'm so solid and strong that nice thing pushes me out. So I don't care what anybody says. I'm very <laughs> confident about my walk with Christ. So that's there. But when you you think from that perspective and you come to uh, those 
church goers who have not surrendered to Jesus and uh, those who are in the world. Uh, how do we help them to be humble? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do believe that our example, wow. our example is perhaps all we have to do because remember, we may be the only scripture they will read. Mm. Mm. And so if they see your example as powerful, one day they can come to you acknowledge that. And you begin to have a, a situation where you can tell them about Jesus. This is where we also miss it. When it's coming, if you are led, you see the whole. It is Jesus who has made me so. I do mm. believe God can do so for you. All right. And then you can talk more about Jesus. Maybe can I invite you to our Bible study, our teaching moments, things like that. But our example, there is nothing more powerful than our example. And that's why Jesus said, love each other. Because it is true that they will know that you are my disciples. Because oh. listen, you're going to talk to them about what? They already share different viewpoints with you. They have different beliefs. So what are you going to do? Nothing. But love them. You see, you show them example and you love them. They will see that, okay? You offer yourself for them in situations that they never expect. And it moves them. And you pray for them. That's all. Because to me, there is one way to humble yourself. It's through Christ, submission to Christ. If you don't submit, you will never enjoy enjoy the 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 the, the peace, the healing that comes from Christ. Yes. So wow. that is humility and, and wow. receiving the healing. Wow. Well, dear listeners, uh, this is hour of healing, and our topic for today we've been talking about healing through humility. Um, uh, Reverend. Uh, let me wrap up by kind of asking you a question that will tie in into what your first statements were. And your first statements were about surrendering to Christ and enjoying the peace that brings about healing. So my question then in that sense is, what role does you being able to realize that Christ did not just forgive you, he gave you the ability to live a free life what role does that also play when we talk about healing through humility? Thank you for that clarification. Uh, forgiveness only comes from God. God is mm -hmm. the one who forgives us. And sometimes there is the temptation to believe that, oh, I killed somebody, I committed an adultery, I committed an abortion, and all these things are so huge, they'll be staring on you. Now, Correct. with God, when he said, I've cleansed everything, it means I have cleansed everything. Mm. That is why it's important to always read the word of God, because it's not in one place in the Bible. It's covered in different areas that one of them is going to help you heal from that trauma you go through after you come to Christ. All right, so God forgives us. But how are we to forget? That's the question. 
Sometimes some of them are big enough. I know it takes time. It takes time because you don't even, you cannot even fathom the fact that, will God forgive me if I really did kill somebody or do some heinous crime? And it can haunt you. But as you pray, you will understand. One line of a hymn will come across. One line of a scripture will come across. One line of a preacher will come across. And you begin to see that it is gone. But certainly, Jesus said that uh, the one who has been forgiven much loves much. Wow. Wow, wow. Thank you so much for that. Um, uh, uh, dear listeners, this uh, has been our conversation today with Reverend Ebenezer Aduku, who is currently the pastor of Fremont Met uh, United Methodist Church in New York. And um, I want to wrap up by kind of saying the statement as he was talking, the uh, statement that came to my mind is for you to actually get to a place of knowing the completeness of your forgiveness and being able to get over it or forget it, that also in itself requires humility. And so we hope that our conversation today has stirred up your spirit and will provoke conversations in your workplace, in your families, um, in your church even. And uh, as we say every day, thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. And we hope to see you same time next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you for having me.